All right, everybody, welcome to the Backseat Huddle Podcast, episode 34. Today, I'm going to be talking about Mike McCarthy, who opened his big, stupid mouth. I'm also going to be talking free agency with Derek Carr and some of the franchise tag signings. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Okay, so I'd like to start off with the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy was recently interviewed, and he talked a little bit about his former offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who's now with the Chargers. And Mike McCarthy is quoted as saying, Kellen wants to light the scoreboard up, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. What? An absolute eye roll. This things like this are why I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan anymore. Despite appearances, I, as a fan, shouldn't be able to tell when the head coach who's getting paid millions of dollars is this wrong about something. And Mike McCarthy is wrong. I know it and you know it. It's just common sense. I shouldn't have to explain to you why this is such a silly-ass take and the exact opposite of what you want to hear from your head coach, but I will anyway because I like you guys. Let's just go ahead and jump into it and take it step-by-step based on what Mike McCarthy said. Mike McCarthy doesn't want to light up the scoreboard. This season, of the top 11 highest-scoring offenses, 10 made the playoffs. The teams that made the championship round NFC and AFC championship games. Chiefs, Bengals, Eagles, and 49ers had the number one, number seven, number three, and number six ranked scoring offenses, respectively. Super Bowl teams, the Chiefs and the Eagles, had number one and number three. Chiefs, obviously, one had the highest scoring offense in the NFL this season. Season before this one, of the top 11 scoring offenses, nine made the playoffs. Teams that made the championship last season are Season prior to this one was the number four scoring offense Chiefs, number seven scoring offense Bengals, number eight scoring offense Rams, and number 13 scoring offense 49ers. Now, there was an outlier there in San Francisco, which we all kind of feel has one of, if not the best roster in the NFL, and would be amazing with a better quarterback. Every other team that has made a championship game has been a top 10 scoring offense. It matters. So we know scoring means a lot. But Mike McCarthy wants to run the damn ball. So running the ball is important, right? Let's look at the top rushing offenses from last season. Of the top 11 rushing offenses in the NFL, only three made the playoffs. And the top three rushing offenses in the NFL this last season didn't make the playoffs at all. Season prior to this one, Of the top 11 rushing offenses, nine of them made the playoffs, which is a good jump, okay? We're making some progress. But only one made it past the divisional round. And that was the San Francisco 49ers. Last time, a rushing offense that was top five in the regular season made the Super Bowl was in 2019. So of the past eight 
teams to make a Super Bowl appearance, only one has had a top five rushing offense. Doesn't seem like it matters that much. Okay, so what about the defense? It makes sense that Mike McCarthy would want to keep his defense fresh and healthy. Make sure that his defense is fresh and playing well in an NFL where all the rules lean offense scoring hit record highs in back-to-back years in 20 and 2021, where the number one offense in terms of points per game won the Super Bowl and the most quarterback-centric offensive-leaning era in NFL history. The Cowboys should definitely want to make sure their defense is rested. But don't just take my word for it. Let's look at the numbers. This most recent season, of the teams with top 10 defenses in terms of yards per game, four of them made the playoffs. The Eagles had the second-ranked defense in the NFL this season, but gave up 31 points in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Defensively, they don't get penalized for the scoop and score. The Chiefs, who won the Super Bowl, were ranked 11th. Season before this one, in teams with teams that were that had defenses within the top 10 in terms of yards per game, only five made the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl participants, the Rams and the Bengals, had the 17th and 18th ranked overall defenses, respectively. So, Mike McCarthy wants to, he doesn't care about lighting up the scoreboard, he wants to run the ball and rest his defense. So he wants to run the ball and play defense, which don't really matter, and he doesn't care about scoring points, which does matter. So quite frankly, Mike McCarthy is wrong. And that's just embarrassing. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, so we're officially into free agency. Well, not officially into free agency, but we're basically into free agency. It's the legal tampering period, whatever you want to call it. And there have been four players who have been franchise tagged, two of which I have a fairly strong opinion on and two I don't. I'd like to share my opinion a little bit on all of them. Josh Jacobs is the first one I'm going to start with. Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Raiders, is expected to be franchise tagged if the Raiders cannot come to an agreement on an extension with him, which they wouldn't be in this spot if they would have just used his fifth-year option, but here we are. So this one is one of the most challenging for me because I'm in the camp that you shouldn't give running backs big money, and Josh Jacobs is deserving of big money. This is what's challenging is it's hard for me to look at players from last season like Damian Pierce and Isaiah Pacheco, just some recent examples, who are both later round picks and provided great value to their teams, the running back position, and then in that same breath, try to explain to you why you should pay Josh Jacobs. My opinion on what the Raiders should do here has absolutely nothing to do with how I feel about Jacobs, the player, because quite frankly, he's an excellent player. He is great. It makes sense why the Raiders would want to keep him. The Raiders are very likely to be bringing in a young quarterback this draft, and it's wildly sensible to want to have an excellent running back like Josh Jacobs to establish a running game and take some pressure off of your young quarterback. But I still wouldn't do it. For the reason I mentioned before, running backs are a dime a dozen position, it feels like, and there's a lot of good ones out there, and you can get great value at later rounds and get good running backs without sinking a bunch of money into it. So if he is willing to take a team-friendly deal of the comeback to the Raiders, which I don't think he is, I wouldn't bring him back. If he's not willing to accept a team-friendly deal 
let someone else pay for an over for an undervalued position in today's NFL. It sucks. He's a great player, but it's just tough. Tony Pollard, another running back for the Dallas Cowboys, was also franchise tagged. And the Cowboys absolutely shouldn't have franchise tagged Tony Pollard. Once again, this has nothing to do with how I feel about Pollard, the player, but how I feel about the Dallas Cowboys in this move. The Dallas Cowboys this season will be spending almost $28 million on their running back room this season, which is the highest in NFL history. In an NFL where the running back position is becoming increasingly devalued, the Cowboys are spending the most on running backs in NFL history. Let that marinate for a second. And I get it. I understand why they made this move. Zeke is a little over the hill, and Tony Pollard is extremely explosive and is potentially their best skill position player. But they should have spent this money getting another wide receiver. Right now, for their pass catchers, they have CeeDee Lamb, a reliable Dalton Schultz at tight end, and then just a bunch of guys. And Dalton Schultz, their tight end, might be leaving in free agency. It is a quarterback league, and it is a passing league, and right now, the Dallas Cowboys have only one real receiving target. You don't need another running back. There was better places to spend that money. The other two players that got franchise tagged are Deron Payne from the Commanders, which I understand why they franchise tagged him. I believe they non-exclusive franchise tagged him, which means another team could claim him for two first-round picks, which it just makes sense. He's a great player. The Commanders want to keep him around. The other that got franchise tagged is Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram also makes perfect sense to have franchise tagged. He clicked with Trevor Lawrence, and you want to keep as many good, productive players, which he was this season, around your young quarterback. Those two just make a ton of sense. I don't have any reason to disagree with those two players being franchise tagged. Don't have huge opinions on them. They just make sense. Okay. Final topic. Derek Carr has reached a four-year agreement with the Saints. And I cannot make sense of this deal for the Saints and for Derek Carr. I'll tell you why I feel like it makes no sense, and I'll start with the Saints, and then I'll go ahead and move on to Derek Carr. For the Saints, bringing in Derek Carr is not the second coming of Drew Brees coming over from the Chargers for a number of reasons. First and foremost, I don't believe that Derek Carr, despite what the, what the Jets think, is going to come out of the woodwork and become a Hall of Famer. That is not a realistic expectation for Derek Carr. Winning the division is a realistic expectation. The move to get Derek Carr for the, set, for the Saints makes a lot of sense in the extreme short term because they now have the best quarterback in their division, so they'll, can, they will be the favorites to win their division in the extreme short term right now. But it makes absolutely no sense beyond this upcoming season. This move is just continuing what they did with Drew Brees at the end of his career and moving their cap issues further and further and further down the road and further back. And for what? There is no way the Saints think that they are winning the Super Bowl with this roster with Derek Carr under center. So why even make this move? The Saints need to bite the bullet. And they need to suck for a little bit. They sucked for a thousand years before Drew Brees got there, and they can afford to suck for a little longer. Right now, these Saints, 
are $17 million over the cap, according to Spotrax, Patrack, I don't know how to say it. And I believe that's before the Derek Carr signing, which is wild because two weeks ago they were like $50 million over the cap, so good job for them. But the Saints need to look in the mirror and realize that the glory days are over because they keep pushing their cap hits back and back and back and pushing it further down the road and further down the road. And eventually the Reaper is going to come and collect. Next season, these Saints will be $49 million over the cap. And then in 2025, they will be a shocking $81 million over the cap. The Saints need to just bite the bullet, take their cap hit, blow up their team, and try to rebuild with a rookie quarterback and then load up their roster once again with that rookie quarterback on their rookie deal, just like everybody else is doing right now. What the Saints needed to do was dump as many cap hits as they can, suck this next season, and make a run at either Caleb Williams or Drake May. It seems obvious the glory days are over. Just accept it, bite the bullet, and move on. Now, shifting to Derek Carr. For Derek Carr, it makes I can find some sense in what he sees in New Orleans, but I don't I still don't think it's the greatest idea. But I can at least see what Derek Carr sees in the New Orleans Saints. He has some good weapons. Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and maybe even Michael Thomas comes back and is healthy this season. And the Saints also seem to have an eternally good to at least solid offensive line. And he is at least the best quarterback in this division. So those things all make sense to me. And I can also understand Derek Carr not wanting to go to the Jets like he was rumored to land. If he went to the Jets, he would have been the second best quarterback in that division. And he'd also have arguably the third, potentially fourth best coach in that division. So I Get what he sees in the immediate future for the Saints. But that's just this season. What type of team is Derek Carr looking at when next season they are $41 million over the cap? Or in 2025 when they're a ridiculous $81 million over the cap? It's also not like this team is being coached by quarterback whisperer Sean Payton anymore. So... It just seems really short-sighted on Derek Carr's end. If you wanted to go to this division that Tom Brady just left and you say, hey, I'm going to be the best quarterback in this division, the, Panther, the Panthers seem like they would have made a little bit more sense to me if, Derek, or rather, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't end up in Carolina. But maybe Derek Carr knows something I don't, and that's why he went to the state instead of the Panthers. Maybe the Panthers didn't want him. I don't know. But the Saints just doesn't make a ton of sense to me for Derek Carr. So that's it. That is my show today. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, feel free to like and subscribe. Take care, everybody.